when you had that third failure in a row, did you think, I need to pack this in? Never. Why not? I don't ever give up. Particularly if you're starting a company, you need to work super hard. So what, what does super hard mean? When my brother and I were starting our first company, instead of getting an apartment, we just rented a, a small office and we slept on the couch. We showered at the, the YMCA and we're so hot up we had just one computer. So the website was up during the day uh, and I was coding at night. Seven days a week, all the time. Briefly had a girlfriend in that period and in order to be with me, she had to sleep in the office. And I mean, if you do simple math, you say like, okay, if somebody else is working 50 hours and you're working 100, you'll get twice as much done in the course of a year as the other company. Whatever area that you get into, given that, you know, even if you're, if you're the best of the best, there's always a chance of failure. So I think it's important that you really like whatever you're doing. Uh, if, if you don't like it, life is too short. If you like what you're doing, you think about it even when you're not working. I mean, you, it'll just, it, it's, it's something that your mind is drawn to. And, and if you don't like it, you just really can make it work, I think. Work hard like every waking hour, particularly if you're starting a company. If somebody is doing something that is useful to the rest of society, I think that's a good thing. Like, it doesn't have to change the world. If you're doing something that has high value to, to people, and, and frankly, even if it's something, if it's like just a little game um, or some improvement in photo sharing or something, if it, if it, has, if it has a small amount of, of good uh, for a large number of people, um, that's, I mean, I think that's, that's fine. Like, stuff doesn't need to be changed the world just to be good. Whatever this thing is that you're trying to create, what would be the utility delta compared to the current state of the art times how many people it would affect? Having something that has a, makes a big difference but affects a sort of small to moderate number of people is great, as is something that makes even a small difference but, it, but affects a vast number of people. The other thing I'd say is if you're creating a company or if you're joining a company, the most important thing is to attract great people. So either join a group that's amazing, that you really respect. All a company is, is a group of people that have gathered together to create a product or service. And so depending upon how talented and hardworking that group is, and the degree to which they are focused cohesively in a good direction, that will determine the success of the company. Do everything you can to, to gather great people. Focus on signal over noise. A lot of companies get confused. They spend money on things that don't actually make the product better. For example, at Tesla, we've never spent any money on advertising. We've put all of the money into R&D and manufacturing and design to try to make the car as good as possible. I think uh, really uh, an, an obsessive nature with respect to the quality of the product is very important. Uh, so, you know, being obsessive compulsive is, is a good thing in this context. Spend less time on, on finance, spend less time in conference rooms, uh, less time on PowerPoint, and more time just trying to make your product as amazing as possible. A company is an assembly of people gathered together to create a product or service and deliver that product or service. And sometimes people lose sight of that. A company is, has no value in and of itself. It only has value to the degree that it is an effective allocator of resources to uh, create goods and services that are of greater value than the, the cost of the inputs. This thing we call profit is, should just mean over time that 
the value of the output is, is worth more than the than, than the inputs. Is your product as awesome as it could be? Probably not. What could you do to make it make it great? If people like to think about innovation, like maybe it has to be like breakthrough innovation. I don't think it necessarily has to be breakthrough innovation. It's just like, just make your product better. It's it, This is the thing that really matters. Basically just be like an absolute perfectionist about the product that you make, the service that's provided. Seek negative feedback from all quarters, from customers, from, from people who aren't customers. Like, hey, okay, what do you, what can we make this? How can we make this better? It's absolutely learnable. If you find yourself spending a lot of time get, getting presentations and reviewing spreadsheets, you're barking up the wrong tree. Get out there on the factory floor, get out there in the stores, talk to customers, think about what, what, would, what would you love to have. If you don't love it, don't expect others will either. For any given company, just keep thinking about, are these efforts that people are spending, are they resulting in a better product or service? And if they're not, stop those efforts. Don't just follow the trend. You may have heard me say that it's good to think in terms of the physics approach of first principles. Rather than reasoning by analogy, you boil things down to the most fundamental truths you can imagine and you reason up from there. And this is a good way to figure out if something really makes sense or if it's just what everybody else is doing. It's hard to think that way. You can't think, think that way about everything. It takes a lot of effort, but if you're trying to do something new, it's the best way to think. Um, and that framework was developed by physicists to figure out counterintuitive things like quantum mechanics. So it's really a powerful, powerful method. And you know, always taking the position that you are some degree wrong and your goal is to be less wrong over time. And one of the biggest mistakes people generally make, and I'm guilty of it too, is wishful thinking. You know, like you want something to be true even if it isn't true. You ignore the real truth because of what you want to be true. This is a very difficult trap to avoid. It's certainly one that I find myself in having problems with. One of the things that was important then in the creation of PayPal was kind of how it started because the initial thought was with PayPal was to create an agglomeration of financial services. So if you have one place where all of your financial services needs would be seamlessly integrated and, um, and, and work smoothly. And then we had like a little feature which was to do email payments. Um, and whenever we'd show the, show the system off to someone, uh, we'd show the hard part, which was the agglomeration of financial services, which was quite difficult to, to put together. Nobody was interested. Then we'd show people email payments, which was actually quite easy, and everybody was interested. <laughs> so I think it's important to, to, to take feedback from your environment. You want to be as closed loop as possible. So we focused on email payments and really try to make that work, and, and that's what really got things to take off. But, but if, we hadn't, if we hadn't responded to what people said, then we, we we probably would not have been successful. So it's important to look for things like that and, and focus on them when, when, you, when you see them and you correct uh, your, your prior assumptions. But if you just take that approach of you're always to some degree wrong and your goal is to be less wrong and solicit critical feedback, particularly from friends. If somebody loves you, they want the best for you. They don't want to tell you the bad things. So you have to ask them, you know, and say, really, I, I really do want to know. <laughs> And, and then they'll tell you. I actually think I feel fear quite strongly. So it's not as though I just have the absence of fear. I, I feel it quite strongly. But there, there are just times when something is important enough, you believe in it enough, that you, you do it in spite of fear. People shouldn't think, oh, I feel fear about this, and therefore I shouldn't do it. Um, it's normal to, be, to feel fear. Like, you'd have to definitely something mentally wrong if you didn't feel fear. Uh, you know, actually, something that can be helpful is fatalism. Uh, to some degree. If you just accept the probabilities, then 
that diminishes fear. When starting SpaceX, I thought the odds of success were less than 10%, and I just accepted that actually probably I would just lose everything. Uh, this, this was against the advice of pretty much everyone I talked to. My one friend made me sit down and watch a bunch of videos of rockets blowing up. <laughs> Let me tell you, he wasn't far wrong. <laughs> It was tough going there in the beginning uh, because I'd never built anything physical. I mean, I'd built like little model rockets as a kid and that kind of thing, but I'd never had a company that built anything physical. So I had to kind of figure out how to, how to do all these things and, and bring together the right team of people. We did all that and, and then failed three times. It, it, it was tough, tough going. Because the thing about a rocket is that the, the, the passing grade is 100%. So, so we, we missed the mark there. Um, the, the first launch, I was picking up bits of rocket near the the launch site was a bit sad. We learned with, with each successive flight and, uh, and were able to, with, uh, eventually with the fourth flight in 2008, uh, reach orbit. And that was also with the last bit of money that we had. It, I think the saying is fourth time's the charm. <laughs> you guys are the, the magicians of the 21st century. You know, um, don't let anything hold you back. Imagination is, is the limit, and go out there and create some magic. When critics say you can't do this, your answer to them is, we've done it. <laughs>